Pulse Audio Podcast Network. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. Christmas, Halloween, Christmas, Halloween, 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 Halloween. Hello and welcome to another super spooky episode of Whining About Herstory. We're two besties with best breasties. Fuck, I screwed Besties with besties. Besties of besties with breasties that are testy? No. 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 They're, they can be testy. Sometimes, yeah. You know, sometimes mine might hurt, especially before my period. And I'm just right. like, there are times. oh my God, like, why does my body just hurt? Like, it's one thing getting old and having your back hurt. It's another thing where it's like, oh, yeah, my boobs just, boobs randomly just hurt, hurt yeah. a lot for reasons. Because I'm going to fail to bleed out on a monthly basis again. Right, exactly. And apparently my body's real mad about it. Dude, my hormones are straight up whores. Like they are the fucking worst. I the the swings, the way my body changes, the way different things hurt based on like how my I don't know, my body and I just have never quite gotten along. Yeah. Um, it seems we have different goals. I'm trying to survive and my body's like, but what if that was like really hard for you? Right. Like what if Everything was painful all of the time. What if you got a blood clot when you were 16? How would that help out? You know, is that is that helpful? Is that constructive? Right. What if you had to have two hip surgeries before you're 30? Is that constructive? Is that going to help you? No? We're just worrying about everything all of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- then, yeah, then there's my anxiety. Then there's my brain. It's part of I your have, body. I have two wolves inside of me, my brain and my body, and they're both trying to kill me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But anyway, this is a podcast not about our bodies trying to kill us, but rather about women from herstory that may be trying to kill you. Dun, dun, dun. So we are whining about femme fatales, horrific herstory, and other spooky bitches. And I'm very excited. This is like one of my favorite months of the year. It is my favorite, probably my favorite month of the year. I also want to say uh, thank you to your nephew uh, because his favorite movie is The Nightmare Before Christmas. He's two, so he's he's like way ahead of the game. He is diving headfirst into his super cool goth phase. I'm very excited. Um, But yeah, he doesn't call it Nightmare Before Christmas. He calls it Christmas Halloween. And so now me and my fella, every time we see something Nightmare Before Christmas, we just go Christmas, Halloween, Christmas, Halloween, because that's how he sings the yeah, song. That's how he does it. And it is freaking he, adorable. He is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I actually I passed a uh, Jack Skellington Halloween decoration instantly in my head. Christmas, Halloween, Christmas, Halloween. I'm like, God damn it. He's that two year old ruined you. my life in the best way, in the best way. In, in a way that only two-year-olds can truly ruin your life. Right. When they're not yours. <laughs> when they're not yours. Oh, my God. I love two-year-olds that aren't mine. Right? Same. I love children that aren't mine. <laughs> I love children that I can hand back to their parents and be like, I'm done. Yep. It's like, I'm clocking out. Take your crotch fruit now. Yes. J- j- just for anyone who hasn't listened to the podcast before, I don't have children. 
Nor so do if you're I. listening Neither of us like, have children. We are childless well, by choice. Yeah. But no, for anyone who's like, wow, she's a terrible mother. She hates her own children. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't like, I, I love my lack of children. Yeah. I love and, that Well, that's what I want to say. Like, exist. I'm childless too, as I'm yes. talking about being like, I don't want this. Take them. Take them now. I am done here. I'm done. (laughs) I actually got the opportunity to volunteer uh, for work recently. And um, there there were a bunch of kids there. And I went full fucking like crazy kid energy. Like you've seen me around kids. I'm Mm -hmm. basically a cartoon character. Yeah. Who doesn't swear. So it's me on the podcast except sober and using clean language. And it, w- it was so fun because we're at this, it was like this uh, fall family fall fair kind of thing. And I was manning one of the games and I was just like, oh, where is it going to go? Oh my God. Ah! And I'm like, I like dropped to my knees cheering for them. <laughs> I look around and I'm like, now the other adults are as into this as I am. Am I the problem or is it them? <laughs> <laughs> How about no one's the problem? No, how about it's all of them? <laughs> I love it when other people are the problem. Although if I am the problem, I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be the entire problem. Yeah, exactly. I'm not part of it. I am all of it. I am, I am 100% of the problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the entire problem. It's me. So we are not drinking today. Um, it's a which- weekday. You know, based on, I, I can't tell if I just have manic naturally drunk energy or if I have manic sober energy. I'm like, can you tell both? that I'm not drinking? Or are you like, wow, she's sober? Is she okay? Maybe both. A little bit of both. Both, both, both sound Yes, good. I'm sober. No, I'm not okay. Speaking of both sounding good, when <laughs> my niece visited, like we were trying to pick a movie that, that is age appropriate. She's 10 now. She's gotten old quick. But we're still trying to pick an age-appropriate movie. And, like, we were looking through. And, of course, The Road to El Dorado was on Netflix. And I was like, oh, I was like, this is one of my favorite movies. And, like, I told her what it was about. And she was like, maybe. And we, like, flipped through a few more. And then she's like, let's watch the one that Kelly wants to watch. Oh, my God. So we watched it. She found it so funny that I was, like, quoting, like, probably. I could have quoted the entire movie. But I was like, okay. 100%. I was like, Kelly, back up. Like, don't be that annoying. (laughs) But, yeah. she, She found it funny that I was quoting. I am that annoying when I'm watching a movie, though, or a TV show. Um, so I was watching this. This was like last year, but I was watching The Ghost and Molly McGee mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. Super cute kids, like cartoon series. It's super cute. I love it. Highly recommend. Um, and for the adults, the guy who plays Master Shake on Adult Teen Hunger Force yeah. plays the ghost. Um, but we were watching it and like. Q is also a talker during movies and TV shows the way I am, where we are both experiencing it together. So I'm like, wait, I'm sorry, what is happening? And she's like, I know, right? That's cute. (laughs) Well, like, I was just trying. I am a talker. If it was just like my husband and my sister, I probably would have. But I was like, no, let let the child enjoy the movie. And yeah, she kept like saying stuff. So I'd respond to her, but I was like, don't just yeah. quote the entire movie. I I love that. I love you got to share that with her I and then so give her excited. back to her mother and just be like, take your child now. I am done. 
Yeah, it was fun. It's it was Auntie time. Kelly's nap time. Take your fucking <laughs> child and go. Exactly. <laughs> that is what happened after they left. I legitimately took a nap. Oh my god! When I used to uh, when I used to watch my my friends' babies, uh, I would like they they'd stay the weekend, and then it was like Sunday morning. My ex would take them back like several towns over where mm-hmm. their parents were. I would just go to bed yep. and sleep. I'm yep. like I did all of the childcare here, you can take them home and I'm going to go take a nap because I fucking earned it. Cause I've been up at six 30 every day this weekend because babies. Yeah. <laughs> so Kelly. Yep. Who, who are you whining about? Who today? am I whining about? Yeah. Please tell me. I'm so fascinated in what you have to share with me. Are you sure? No. <laughs> I don't. I'm very anxious, actually. You've uh, covered some pretty gruesome gals. This one isn't too bad. This is probably the least month. gruesome. Yeah, I would say the least gruesome. Oh, okay. So I'm covering Oiwa. She is on Wait, Iowa. No, it's, it's pronounced Oiwa. Iowa. Oi. I looked it up. I, I, I'm going to disconnect this call and walk away. (laughs) Kelly, if Kelly and I were in the same room, she would have hit me right now. It's O-I, Emily, not I-O. I'm just saying, maybe we're pronouncing Iowa wrong and it's supposed to be Oiwa. You know, like, Oi, Oiwa. It's a Japanese name. Okay. Well, again, we could be pronouncing Iowa wrong. Yeah, we could be. Um, so Oiwa is a Japanese onryo, which is a like vengeful spirit or a vengeful ghost. Ooh, I love those. Um, from Yotsuyu Kaidan, which is the ghost story of y- Yatsuya, which is actually like a, it's like a bunch of different ghost stories, even though it sounds like it would be one. Um, it's, it's an anthology of ghost tales. Yeah, and along it's with like scary o- stories to read in the dark. <laughs> exactly. And along with Okiku and Atsuyu, um, Oiwa is considered one of like Japan's big three ghost stories. Okay. So hopefully I can do it justice. Um, so Oiwa's story is apparently based on real people who did live in sen- 17th century Edo. Um, however, obviously this story has been dramatized many times over. There was a kabuki play written about it, which dramatized it. But then, of course, like... There's also been just countless variations and adaptions and versions and retellings and all of this stuff. So the one I'm telling may not be the like if you know the story, it may not be the one you know. This is the one I found. I found several. This was my favorite, I guess. Feel feel free to take your um actually emails and shove them right up your pooper. Yeah. Because I read like four different versions of this story and I was like, I'm not gonna create some weird amalgamation. I'm just gonna pick pick one. Right. Well, and tell and here, the story. Here's, here's the best part about a ghost story is that every version is a little bit different. And actually, they totally change over time based on our modern day interpretations of the story. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm really excited because you said that Iowa is one of the I'm never going to stop like big three ghost stories in Japan. And I'm like, well, I haven't heard of this one and I haven't heard of the other two that you've mentioned. And you know I love a good Japanese ghost story. Atsuyu sounds familiar, and I don't know why. 
Let's see you. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I'm really excited because we covered um the the powder face hag. Mm-hmm. We've covered the slip mouth woman. We covered, you know, the Yukiona. Like we've we've gotten some some Japanese ghosts up on the board. And so I haven't heard of any of these. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay. So yeah, this is the this is the telling I'm choosing to tell of Oiwa. I swear to God, if you say Iowa again, I will reach through this computer and slap you. <laughs> I will find a way. No, I'm kidding. I'm saying it with my eyes. Like I'm trying to not mispronounce things for once, and Emily's over there going Iowa. I I'm sorry. With a big like it, shit-eating grin on her face. I've grown up in the Midwest, um, and I have dyslexia, so you can't present me with O I W A and then expect me not to say Iowa. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um. So Oyawa was married to a disarmed samurai named Aimon. And this, like, literally right off the bat, there's different versions because some say that they were already, ma- like, had been married for a while. It looks like it's spelled lemon. It's Aimon. I know! Trust me. I had a lot. Like, I, I, like, looked at it for a really long time and I'm like, is that lemon? And then I'm, I, like, I was listening to a YouTube about it and they were like, Aimon. And I'm like, oh, that's a capital I. It looks like Lemon. Yep. Um, his name may be Lemon now. No, it's I, I Imone. think Imon. Imon. That's, that's does how he make it. her moan? Because otherwise, he doesn't deserve that title. Maybe <laughs> Lemon is more appropriate. <laughs> you know, I'll decide how I feel about him at Later, the end of the story, yeah. and then I will determine his name. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's probably gonna end up being Lemon. <laughs> Let's be honest. Spoiler. Um, but so like right off the bat, like I said, she's married. Some people say that they were like recently married. Some people said that they were like just getting married. This version is that they are married. So he's a disarmed samurai and it's not a happy marriage. Um, supposedly, Imon was a very wasteful man and like a thief. He would steal from his employers. So one day, Iowa decided to go to leave her husband because he's like, she, he's a, you know, not a great dude and would return to her family home. Imon would follow her, but was stopped by Iowa's father, Yetsuya Simone, um, because the, her dad knew of like everything that her husband was doing and that he had stolen money. And so he was like, you need to divorce my daughter. Like, I'm not okay with this. Oh, like, my God. I love that. You're not a good dude. You hear these stories of the parents telling the woman, like, hey, I know that you married a dud. I know he's a lemon, but you got to deal with it. And the father's like, fuck you and the citrus fruit you wrote in on, sir. Um, but Iowa being, or not Iowa, Iamone being the, the man he was, drew his sword and murdered her, her father. Yes. Like, yes, you What Simone. a bitch. Iamone would return to... Um, Oiwa and would basically be like, oh, like a stranger killed your father. Like, I promise I'll avenge his murder. Like, please come back with me. Like, I love you. Blah, 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 blah. And I'll avenge your father. Yay. He is a lemon. I have decreed it. <laughs> One paragraph in lemon. Her, d- you know what? That's all he needed. He's He's a shitty guy. He's a gaslighter and he's a father murderer. Yeah. I... I would love to see what his redemption arc would be. I don't think he's going to get one. (laughs) 
Yeah. So after a little while, Oiwa became pregnant, as happens in marriages, and would um, bear a son. Yay. Um, I literally like could not find a name or anything like that. And in some versions, she never actually has the baby. In this one, she does. So um, she has the baby and um, she's very sick after giving birth. Like, you know, like... Healthcare was not really a thing back then. I mean, even now, like giving birth to another human being is one of the greatest traumas the body can go through. Right. I wouldn't be surprised either, like even with all the great medical care. Right. So I was was very sickly after birth and and times were hard for the couple. They had little money. They weren't doing very well. And Imon began to grow resentful of his life. Next to them, the house next door, lived a rich doctor, a man named Ido Kihei, um, and he had a beautiful granddaughter named Oyume. Um, and Oyume and Aimon became instantly attracted to one another, you know, as happens. I'm like, why Why do you want this random old dude that lives next to you? I was going to say, like, it's because she's too young to have honed her skills to be able to smell how much of a loser he is right so the the doctor the dad the grandfather loved his granddaughter so much he conspired to help her marry Imon like the granddaughter was like I really want to marry this guy I'm in love and so um the grandfather decided to help her again this is where some of the stories diverge in that the granddaughter did it on her own and had no help from the grandfather or um that Imon was the one that um, conspired to do something to his wife so that he could marry someone else. So, but in oh, the end. Okay, really, really quick recap. She leaves him. Oiwa she leaves tr- him. Well, she tries to leave him. Well, she tries to leave him and he to kills get her, her father. Back, says, he murders the father. Yeah, and then he, he, he goes and finds her and is like, hey, I'll avenge your father. Come back with me. So she goes back with him. They have a son. And now. And then he's like. I've made a huge mistake. Yeah, basically. <laughs> God, what a I mean, he, prick. I think he's just one of those people that he's like, he's never happy. The grass is always greener on the other side. Well, also what he desires is not people. It's control. Money. Well, it's money. And he money. wants to be rich. Yeah, but people people are not people to him. Right. So um, as it goes, um, the the doctor, the grandfather of the guy, the woman who's in love with Imon, pre- prescribes an ointment for for Oiwa to help her recover from the sickness that she's facing, you know, after giving birth. Um, but in reality, this was a poison which would, like, end up horribly disfiguring her face. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so seeing her face, Imon just began to hate her, like, even more like than herself? he already did. Oh, I'm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And so after like the um after like she gets scarified, um the doctor suggests that Imon divorce Oiwa and marry the granddaughter uh Ayume instead. And he's like, Well, if you marry into my family, like you get to inherit all this money. I'm a wealthy doctor, like you would become my son and you would get to inherit all this money, you know, and my my granddaughter's also in love with you, like 
win-win. Um, and Imon was of course like, yeah, fuck yeah. I want to like marry into this rich family. Like my, my wife has this disfigured face and Oyume is young and attractive and I get money oh, out of it. Like the so lemon lemon wasn't in on the, the poison. It depends on which story you read in this version. Okay. In this version, he didn't love his wife, but he wasn't complicit in this either. Okay, because I don't think he needed her to be disfigured to just fucking leave her. In other versions, it's him doing the poisoning. So it's kind of, yeah. So he begins selling Oiwa's possessions, like her kimono, her clothes, even their son's clothes, to have enough money to basically be worthy to marry this rich, pretty Oyume. Um, And he also decides, like, I need a legitimate reason to divorce my wife like he's he's like I want to be still be seen as honorable so that like I don't ruin the family name you know like he's I guess trying to do things and he does it in a horrible way because he hires one of his friends to assault Oiwa he's like hey come and do this to my wife and then I'm gonna say that she it was an assault that she was you know just cheating on me and then I'm gonna divorce her because she was unfaithful Okay, I want to say that this is absurd, but there are literally people who have murdered their partners yep. rather than get a divorce yep. because of, you know, how Reasons. it looks to the community or something. So yep. this is actually all tracking very well. Yep. So on a prearranged night when Imon was out of the house, his friend Ta- Taku Etsu um, would enter the house and appro- pro- approach Oiwa Um, However, upon seeing her face, he was so frightened that he abandoned his orders and was like, no, like, no. (laughs) And he like this whole thing is fine. But I also like to think maybe there was like it wasn't like it was maybe fear, but it was also like pity. Like, oh, my God, like you're disfigured and your husband's a bastard. Yeah, he's he's kind of seeing the situation in 3D and he's like. Oh, I might be on the wrong side yeah. here. And so he tells Oiwa, like, hey, like, your husband is trying to divorce you by getting me to do this. And then he shows her a mirror. So according to this story, up to this point, Oiwa had not known that the ointment had, like, scarred her face. Oh, my God. Um, And so when she saw her reflection, she was horrified. She tried to cover up her disfigurement by like brushing her hair to one side to like cover it. Um, But when she touched her hair, supposedly it fell out in large bloody clumps. Oh, and she just like. She she just descended into madness, essentially, like which I totally understand, like your your face is ruined, like you're trying to fix it. Your hair is falling out. And and you're realizing your husband has concocted this against you I mean not the in this one not the poison part but yeah like your husband's trying to get you assaulted like he's trying to leave you for a younger woman so she essentially goes crazy she grabs a nearby sword and punctures her own throat and as she lays dying on the floor she is repeatedly cursing Imon's name until she could breathe no more I kind of wish she'd taken him out with the sword first oh oh Yay. Remember, she's Yay. she's a vengeful spirit. Like, we're not yes. done. Let's so, get some murder going. Oiwa's body was discovered by Aimon's servant, Kohei. And when Kohei, like, told Aimon, instead of becoming upset, Aimon was, like, super excited. He's like, sweet, like, now I don't even have to divorce her. Like, I can get married and it's fine. Um, 
Kohei, of course, like became super suspicious and was like, why are you not upset? But before he could do anything, Aimon just murdered him too, because he was like, nope, I'm just not going to have any loose ends. Like, this fuck bitch. all of this. So oh he, my God. he would nail Kohei and Oiwa's bodies to a door and then throw them in a river. That seems very like, unnecessary. You know doors float, right? And very, oh, I see. Okay, I, I was imagining he nailed their bodies to a door and then like unnailed them from the door and then was, put them in the river. I assume he threw the door. I don't know. Um, that actually makes it like it doesn't make sense, but it makes more sense than bothering to nail yeah. bodies to a door and then, and take then them off. yeah, because yeah, you get the back of the hammer and you got to pull. And you get, it's a whole it's a whole messy process. So after like disposing of the bodies, he made up a lie that Kohei and Oiwa were sleeping together and they ran off to one another and that he was finally like free to marry Oyume. So. Oiwa's curse did not take very long to take effect. So on his wedding night, so he Aimon did go ahead and marry Oyume and, you know, they had the wedding, they were in the same bed together, and he rolls over in bed, and right next to his face, he sees, like, the horrible, disfigured face of his dead wife. Like, just right, right fucking there. So he grabs That's his sword. That's a boner sword. killer. What? That's a boner killer. But he grabs his sword, and he slashes out at the ghost, because he's scared. He's like, oh my god, my wife's dead. Like, what the fuck? Is she coming back to murder me? But as he swings his sword, the illusion ends and Aimon sees and and instead of Oiwa, he had just cut his wife, Oyume, his new wife. So as his (laughs) as his new bride lay dead on the floor, he he obviously runs next door to talk to his father-in-law because obviously he's going crazy. Um, And when he gets to the Ido house, he is confronted by the ghost of Kohei, who he also murdered. And once again, Aimon like freaks out, slashes his sword and figure. And then as again, as he slashes, he finds out that it was actually the grandfather's body that he was slashing. So basically at this point, both conspirators are dead. Yeah. Um, Afterwards, obviously, because he's like, oh God, I just killed like four people total. Aimon would flee into the night and Oi was, um, vengeful spirit would pursue him. Everywhere he went, he would see her ghost. Her ruined face haunted his dreams. Her terrible voice would cry out to him for vengeance. She even started appearing to him in paper, the paper lanterns that would like light the roads. And so a lot of the, mm-hmm. the pictures you'll see of her are like a face coming out of a paper lantern. I love that. And so eventually he he just like ran into the mountains. He's like, I'm I'm not safe to be around people, whatever. He hid in an isolated cabin, but Oiwa would follow him there too. And haunted by her ghost, no longer able to tell nightmare from reality, Imon would just descend into madness. So supposedly the real Oiwa died in like 1636 from what people could tell. But it is rumored that her ghost still haunts the places that she lived, as well as those who perform the story, like the different plays that have been written about her. Mysterious disasters and deaths have occurred around a number of productions in theater, film, television adaptions of her story, and they've all been blamed on the curse of Oya's ghost. There have been numerous attempts to appease her angry spirit. There's a small shrine and temple dedicated to Oiwa, um, erected near the ruins of what people believe was her family's house in Yatsuya. Um, there was a fire that destroyed the shrine in 1879. Um, 
They did they did rebuild it but move it to a different part of Tokyo. It was destroyed again in the fire bombings of World War II. Oh my god. Um, after the war, her new shrine new shrine as well as the original location at Tsuyu were both rebuilt. So now there's two shrines, as well as a gravestone in Tokyo, um, which is actually widely believed to be the Oya's actual grave. So, so- the, like she was a real person. The details surrounding her death are probably are, dramatized, but uh, allegedly was like murdered. Yeah, or, allegedly she was a real person. Uh, like, um, you know, hurt, like hurt by her husband. Yeah. So wow, it is. It is now customary for actors and crews putting on production of Yatsuya Kaden to visit her grave and pay their respects, so as not to incur her wrath. Oh my gosh! It's like um, it's like you can't say Macbeth. Yep. You're in the theater, say, like, you have to say the Scottish play. Either. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's the story of Oiwa. Like, yeah, she haunted her husband, but now she just kind of like haunts general areas. Honestly, I kind of get why she would still be pissed at people telling her story. Oh yeah, me too. Because, like, uh. When, when she becomes a vengeful spirit, along with, you know, the the servant guy, um, and they ruin Lemon's life, I'm like, yeah, get it. But I don't know. I have a feeling that she's pissed off that everyone's like, oh, she was so disfigured that she killed herself. And she's like, bitch, that is not how it went down. Right. First like, of all, no, I he am, killed me, bitches. Like, first of all, I am not that preoccupied with my appearance. Like, I had a lot of other problems, including a dead murdered father. <laughs> also like that, that's such a, that's such a common trope yeah. in, you know, ghost stories around women. Um, it's about the looks, yep. you know, it's like, Oh, they died tragically, tragically young and beautiful, which means, well, they died before they could become unattractive and old and her case the tragedy is not that she died it's that she was that she was quote unquote disfigured which I'm not going to say that wouldn't be a traumatizing thing you know um you hear about these stories of people being attacked with acid and like coping with that kind of physical and emotional trauma huge but I kind of resent the fact that she like sees her face and is like, oh my God, I'm going to kill myself because I don't like how I look like, no. Yeah. If anything, if, you know, suicide was a part of this, it's, oh my God, my husband and all these people around me are conspiring to ruin my life. And that is a lot to deal with. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I I like to think that everyone, every every time someone's telling this story and they're like, she was so ugly and she's like, her ghost is like flipping her hair and being like, bitch, I could still take your man. Right. Exactly. Like, or your, you. or your woman or your either or neither both. Right. <laughs> like, fuck you, man. I'm still the hottest piece around. Boo boo. Do do. That's really, that's really interesting though. I've never heard. I've never heard of. Oiwa. Yeah. And I, I think it's I, cool I... that it's like based on a real person who allegedly existed. Yeah, I, I stumbled across it, and at first I was like, I don't know, like, you know, because I don't know, I I just didn't know, and but like I read it, and I was like, you know, this is kind of interesting, and like we, 
I've covered a lot of like murderers. So covering like a vengeful spirit, getting revenge for herself. I really liked that idea. I do love that look for her. Right. It, it, it's interesting. I think a lot of the Japanese ghosts or, or spirits that we've covered their hat. I think this is true for a lot of femme ghosts. Um, there's a, there's a huge emphasis on their appearance. Yep. Like, um, Baba Ona, the, the, the powder face hag who yeah. looks like me, you know, after when it's 3am and I just got done hitting the bars, like my makeup's all smudged and I'm super right. fucking drunk and I yeah. lost a shoe. A lot of uh, them are really like kind of ugly, like, like, or they're really pretty. It's like half or, and half. Or like the Yuki Ona who's really beautiful, yep. uh, but then there's a slip mouth woman who is like, she, Terrifying. she asks am I pretty? And if you say yes, then she removes her face covering to show her slit mouth. And she's like, how about now? And even then, if you say yes, she assumes you're lying, which I'm like, okay, we've all done that where someone's like, no, you look great. And you're like, no, I don't. Yeah, you're like, fuck you. Except in her case, she'll kill you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's, there's an escalation there. Yeah. Oh man. No, that that's interesting. I like that. Hey guys, we know times have been tough lately for all of us. And during hard times, it can be difficult if you don't have anyone to talk to or it can be hard to talk about certain topics. Being alone with your thoughts can be isolating. This is why we are sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen to and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Thank goodness. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is Amazon fast. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential, just like with an in-person therapist. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charges. If you want to talk to someone about your mental health, you can get a 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash herstory. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash herstory. So, Emily, who are you whining about? So, I also decided to take a step onto the supernatural side mm. of things. Uh Although I didn't travel to Japan this time. Wow. I, I would have laughed really hard if you had covered like one of the other two I had like mentioned. That, I was That would have been amazing. Um, it might have to be in the future because I feel like I like to cover the, the Japanese ghosts and spirits in it, it's like October, but then they have like a lot of winter based ones. Yeah, they do. So then December, I'll like do a holiday. <laughs> That'd be fun. A holiday haunting. A holiday haunting. Christmas, Halloween, Christmas, Halloween. <laughs> Christmas, Halloween. Just to get like real dark with it. All right. So I am whining about the Babanshi. Baban Banshee? It sounds like that. It's not a Banshee. Banshee, Ba Banshee. It's not a Banshee. I'm sorry, if you can did, call my I, person Iowa for five minutes, I can call this person Bob Banshee. Baba Banshee, have exactly. you any wool? 
<laughs> all I could think of. I was like, Bob Banshee. It's a sheep. It's a Banshee sheep. It's a sheep that. Well, it's like I mean, the, screaming the story goat. does take place in Scotland, so it could be. <laughs> it's like the screaming goat, except it's a screaming sheep. It, it's a sheep that's just going around giving people dirty looks yeah. and being really creepy. Yeah. Like exactly. this sheep does not pass the vibe check. <laughs> I don't trust this sheep. I don't trust this sheep. <laughs> I don't Sketch. know. This sheep is looking kind of sus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. What do we got? All right. Tell me about the Babanchi. Sorry, I was lifting my cat out of the way and I knocked my water over. <laughs> All right. Tis a dark night in the Scottish Highlands. I'm not going to do it the whole time. Don't worry. That's pretty good, though. I You can start to get it. took me like three words to get into it. But like once you kind of get in the throat, it, it's like running downhill. Yeah. Like once you, you can't start. actually stop. Yeah. <laughs> you run into a tree and it's you die and it's great. Tis a dark night in the Scottish Highlands. A group of four men, having spent the day hunting in the wilderness, ride their horses, seeking shelter for the night. The night is calm and still, aside from the rogue cries of a crow in the distance. The hunters breathe a sigh of relief upon finding a cave, and after tying up their horses, prepare to hunker down for the night. As the men warm themselves by the fire, one of them begins to sing a tune of love and longing. It has been days since he'd been home and seen his wife. He missed the warmth of her embrace, the smell of her cooking, and even her well-meaning scolding. Let's be honest, her tits weren't that bad either. (laughs) The other men join in, also missing the warm, bosomed company of women. Suddenly, tall figures appear at the mouth of the cave. Illuminated in the firelight, four beautiful women, all dressed in green gowns, stand before the hunters. The man who had been singing blinks and rubs his eyes, sure sure that this is an illusion brought on by exhaustion, but the women still stand there. The woman at the center looks at the man who had been singing and nods to him, urging him to continue his song. Entranced, he obeys, and the women begin to dance along to his singing. Three of the hunters, unable to believe their fortune, begin to dance with the gorgeous green-clad women. The last woman approaches the singer, beckoning him to dance with her. As he begins to stand, the singer looks down at the woman's feet. His blood runs cold. Instead of human feet, he sees hooves. His song becomes a shriek as he flees the cave, the woman in pursuit. The man reaches the horses and hides amongst them. The woman approaches the horses but doesn't get close, seeming to be repelled by something. Growling, she retreats back into the cave and a cacophony of screams and tearing echo from its mouth. I hate that sound. Paralyzed in fear, the man shelters among the horses until daybreak. With the light of day providing the man some courage, he cautiously approaches the cave to investigate. Perhaps it was all a nightmare, a hallucination brought on by the lack of sleep. Within the cave, around the remains of a burnt-out fire, he finds his three companions, or at least what's left of them. 
Their bodies are ripped to pieces. Their throats have been cut and their chests laid open. If he wasn't so overcome with fear, the man would have also noticed that, curiously, there was no blood to be found amongst the carnage. Our singing hunter has just encountered the dreaded Baobanshi. So the Baobanshi of Scottish lore combines some of my favorite fatal folkloric femme tropes, including shades of vampirism, succubi, fairies, and even the deer woman. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, we're, we're reaching back to deer woman territory. I'm like, the bitch is back and I love her. Seriously, she's like one of my favorite stories I've ever covered on the podcast. I don't even think she's a cryptid. Like, she's real. Yeah. She's the patron saint of bad bitches. And fuck boy, she coming for you. Right. And there there are actually like several other stories or like lore that have like women that have like cloven feet or like hooves yeah. instead of feet. Like that, okay. that is a common trope in folklore for some reason. Like that's how you tell that they're not women. Have you ever seen those people who will make like the shoes that, that you can wear if you're, if you're like doing cosplay or something? It makes it look like you have hooves instead of feet yeah okay this makes me want to get those and then just like wear a long dress yeah and when a man approaches me in a bar just like slowly like lift up the dress and go i'm a dear woman bitch (laughs) and they'll be like the fuck is wrong with you yeah they're not gonna know what that is but you um, will and you will feel empowered and wonderful and then i'm gonna run away on my hooves going Flee, fuck boys, flee. I really hope you wave your arms around like that too. 100%. <laughs> so the Baobanshi, da 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 da, Baobanshi uh, in Gaelic translates to woman of the she or fairy woman. Uh, the powers of the Baobanshi vary depending on the telling. Um, and act, so, so the telling, I didn't do what Kelly did where she actually tried to pick a a specific story and stick with it. I just used a bunch of different elements of the Babanshi and existing stories to craft my own narrative. And I just want everyone to be really grateful that I spared anyone in that story. Yeah. Originally they, they all did. They all did. They all did. But I I let the one guy who was like, I just kind of miss my wife. I let him live. That's okay. He missed his wife. Yeah. He get to go he, home. It's okay because he is forever traumatized. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, dude's probably never going to sleep again. And there are no therapists. Yay. <laughs> they haven't been invented yet. <laughs> so the Babanshi very, powers vary depending on the telling, but they're typically credited with being able to take the form of a crow or a raven. so if you heard that raven crying at the beginning of my story part of me was like is that going to be important or are you just throwing in crows because you like crows um it definitely needed to make it in because i love crows but it was also a thing yeah um and they appear to their victims as beautiful women sometimes with deer hooves for feet which Mm. i'm just gonna say is a look yeah i mean why not it's beautiful they're also clad in green Gosh, fuck. My cat knocked something over. That's okay. That's future Emily's problem. 
Uh, they're clad in green because green is the color associated with the Fae in Scotland. Yep. So, like, if you see a really hot woman in green approach you, you need to run. At least in Scotland. I mean, maybe everywhere. I'm going to always wear green now. I would. Yeah, I would love if that actually deterred people. So when so when I was in Scotland, uh, I did a tour of the Highlands and we were touring this like old well it was like called a fairy well or something like that and our tour guide and I don't know if this is just him being a tour guide or if this actually happened so big pinch of salt he said that he he was there with a woman he was dating at the time and he saw this like really beautiful woman who was like hey you should like come over here and he's like Oh, hot damn. And so he starts to follow her. And then his girlfriend pops up and is like, hey, babe. And he looks at his girlfriend and looks back and the woman's gone. And he's like, oh, my God, that was a fucking fairy trying to, like, get me to go over into the fairy realm. Which I'm like, all right. I hope it happened. And in my head, it definitely did. But also, like, I don't know if you're if you're like dating someone, maybe don't follow other random women. Like, maybe then you kind of get what you get. Just saying. Yeah, right? Like, mm. Faithfulness is sexy. 100%. <laughs> um, so the Babanshi are said to prey primarily on male hunters as they are attracted to the scent of blood that lingers around them and on their clothes and on their, their kills. Mm. They will disarm their prey with their beauty and by dancing with them before cutting them open with long nails or talons and drinking the blood interesting hot what i didn't say that so if you are an unfortunate fellow who has encountered a baobanshi how do you defend against them i'm glad you asked a good defense tactic is to be able to recognize them Period. So again, like, I'm just going to say, we all kind of know where we stand on attractiveness level. So if someone who's like way, 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 way more attractive right, like than you. Like if you're a five like and like a on nine you, or a ten like, is hitting on you, don't trust They're either it. a fairy or they're trying to mug you. I'm just saying, we've all been there. Yeah, okay. 100%. We've all, we've all been mugged by a ten. I get it. <laughs> no shame. No shame. Just. Let, let, let's just be We're just cautious. reminding you just friendly reminder from your neighborhood five never trust a 10 <laughs> um so you can recognize them by checking their feet for deer hooves and mu- much like the deer woman of north american legend however if you are too easily distracted by sexy ladies appearing from the wilderness same iron is said to repel the fae so because of this, they are not fans of horses because horses are typically shot in iron, yeah. which is why our singing hunter from the story was able to hide among the horses nice. and not get murdered. So good for him. But the best way to avoid an encounter entirely with a Baobanshi. Don't go uh, like wandering the woods at night by yourself. Okay. I'm just going to say hunters got to hunt. I respect the hunt, the hustle, you know. You do you. And I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, well, then don't go out at night. It's like it should be safe. Right. From creepy men and ethereal fae folk. Okay. So what is the last one, Emily? So 
Balbanchier said to appear after a man wishes for feminine company. And this is because of the Scottish tradition that if you make a wish at night without invoking God's protection, the wish will be granted, but with some kind of monkey's paw twist. Okay, yeah. So it's it's like some some genies like to like spice it up where if you're not very yes. specific, you're not going to get what you actually asked for. Where like, yeah, if it's night and you're like, oh, I wish I had a million dollars. Well, your gonna, whole family's going to die and you're going to like get their inheritance. Or but you're going to get a million dollars and then be immediately arrested for bank robbery. Exactly. God bless us, everyone. It's night. I got to yeah. protect us. myself. I um seriously, if a really sexy woman just saunters in here, I'm I'm done. I'm toast. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Be vigilant, Emily. I well, I, I do. I do talk about what happens when a Babon she comes for the ladies. Mm, hot. So the Babon she also only appear at night. So it's best not to be caught in the wilderness at night. But again, hunters got to hunt. You got to feed your fam, ma'am. Right. So while traditionally the Babon she prey on men, they're not opposed to preying on women when given the opportunity. Which I love. I'm like, oh my God, they're not just like heteronormative. They're like, hey, we, we eat people. All, all, all people taste the same. I don't care where you come from, what your orientation is, what your gender is. I'm going to eat you. Right. Like if I'm you get you. distracted by how pretty I am, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. Like Does I not just, matter. I, I really respect the the practicality of that yeah they're not you know they're not being like picky like mm, i'm not gonna eat women oh like I'm, i only eat men like no they're they gotta eat too hunters be hunting so um however if you are a woman who falls victim to the baoban she you will come back as one yourself so it's not like the worst thing in the world right like <laughs> that'd be kind of fun you know, so if one fae. walks in here right now, I'm going to get my sweet ass deer hoofy and I'm going to be literally tearing it up. Yeah. I'm going to be slaying dick <laughs> from ghost to ghost. <laughs> Come over and recruit me first. Oh my God. hundred percent. Honey, you are my first stop. Right. Exactly. Like, thanks for the deer hooves. Be right back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, this was great. I'm totally into this. I just got to run a quick errand. All right. Let's do this. And what I also love is like they typically hunt in packs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, because women never go to the bathroom by themselves. We travel in packs. We travel in packs. (laughs) It's not for safety. It's because we are hunting. (laughs) Hunting for good bar bathroom goss. Yeah. So where did the legend of the Babanshi come from? As with most legends, it's like really hard to pinpoint a specific origin because these things have been taken from all these different, you know, inspirations, all this different lore. It's been changing over the years, Uh, but it's possible that they were derived from old world deer goddesses who punished hunters for hunting without paying tribute or performing the necessary rituals, which again, that's what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) So like many old world goddesses, they could have been uh, melded into fairy folklore. So like there are some there are some fairy legends that they can actually trace where it's like, oh, this entity used to have like God status. And then they kind of got like 
I don't know if it's a downgrade or if it's a lateral move, but now they're a fairy. Right. So. Um, I like to think it's a lateral move. I like to think it's a, I, you know, I like to think it's a rebranding. Right. Yeah. It doesn't I matter like what that. people call you. You are what you are. Exactly. And you're, you're a bad bitch. Something, <laughs> you're a something deer hooved bad bitch. Something I also thought was interesting. So singing was in some of the stories that I read. It wasn't a prerequisite for encountering a Babanshi. Yeah. Um, but if you are in like a place that's supposed to have a lot of fairies, you don't whistle, you don't sing, you don't, you keep your fucking trap shut. Yeah. And I learned, I learned that too when I was in the Highlands. And so like some of the other students were like whistling and singing as kind of like poking the bear. I'm like, dude, if some bad happens to you, we're all going to know you, you right, brought like, this, this on This is yourself. your own fault. <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought, I thought that was kind of an interesting element. Um, but really it's just like wishing for feminine company. But I also like that music could play into it and like the dancing and all of that because you're not supposed to sing in their presence because that like attracts them or pisses them off or something um do 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 while the Balbanshi predate traditional vampires like Dracula, it's possible that these elements were made more prominent by the Christian church as part of their propaganda to demonize rural Scots and pagans in general. So kind of like the blood drinking Satanists, you know, it's like 80 satanic panic. Yeah. But they have a lot cooler stuff to work with. Fuck yeah. <laughs> the church has a lot to work with right now. <laughs> the trope of a beautiful femme fatale is an old one. And even Bauban Shi, as Kelly pointed out, that's like a different. It's it's a different legend though, so I don't think they're yeah. necessarily. I don't think they're like a an Irish and a Scottish version of the same entity, but we see this trope throughout cultures in the forms of sirens, the Yara, succubi, and even in modern spy thrillers. Like they don't have to be supernatural, you know. Scar, uh, Scarlet, or oh my god, Black Widow. Fuck, <laughs> I'm like it's not the Scarlet Witch. Black Widow from Marvel. She's a femme fatale. Oh, yeah. We've covered real life women who are femme fatales. Yeah. Um, the um the 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 Overstegen sisters. They literally lured Nazis into the woods with, you know, promises of hanky panky and then killed them. And I just think it's I don't know. I think it's so interesting that as 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 much fear that we have for men, like as women moving throughout the world, so many of the legends that men have come up with feature beautiful women who kill them. Like they're also afraid of us. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, it is interesting though. Like so many ghosts and fairy tales and, stuff like that are all women. And so it's like, mm, even in ancient times, people were afraid of women. They just had to like make it fantastical. Right. So the Balbanshi have even made their way into pop culture. They've been featured in books and movies and shows. Um, my favorite that I found, anime nerds may recognize the Balbanshi as a character in the video game, Fate slash Grand Order. Which I'm like, oh, I've heard I've heard of that series. Yeah, same. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was really cool. 
But that is the story of the Balban Chi, the the Scottish vampire. I love it. That was sexy Scottish vampire. Right? I just envision, yeah, this like gorgeous woman in this like green dress with hooves. Oh, 100%. I'm I'm very I'm very much imagining like a poison ivy character with hooves. Love it. I'm just so like Kelly, I'm just envisioning envisioning it, it and it makes me happy. Excuse us for a moment while Kelly gets really turned on. Yep. <laughs> Kelly is that shit. No. I don't know. Just, just the face you made. I'm like, it's a very unassuming face, but it was filthy. <laughs> like I know you, and that was filthy. You love me. I do. That's why. That's why I'm coming for you first when I become a bow bunchy. Exactly. Good. Yep. Or a dear goddess. There's one. So I, I googled it because I was like, okay, I have to know. Um, and there's one because it's it's apparently also a creature in Pathfinder, and there's one that's a man and he does not have cloven foot, but goddamn. He's a looker. Yes. Handsome Actually, gents. like even like the character in the video game does not have cloven cloven feet, and I'm very sad about that. Yeah, she I just don't wears think really that's... tall high heels. Yeah, I don't think it's always necessary. Honestly, it is. It I is love necessary. the idea of the deer feet. Yeah, there's Just, one that's like in the second row down that has yeah the, the deer feet. And I'm like, I'm all for the deer feet. I love a good pair of deer feet. Right? Like, come They're so on. hot. And, you know, deer legs, they just go on forever. For Deer's got legs for Emily, what do you No, I started I asking you first. What am I, I thankful for? I'm thankful yes. for being able to take a vacation tomorrow. Actually, I'm, I'll be I'll be getting back from vacation by the time this episode releases, but I'm still excited to be able to take a vacation. I'm very excited for you. I think you're going to have a lot of fun. Me too. But yeah, I'm just excited that I have like a job that I can take the vacation and you know, like all of that stuff, the job, the podcast that I can take the vacation, like we can work around the schedule and I can take a vacation and all that stuff. I'm just eternally grateful. So, yeah. Well, I expect a lot of Snapchats. Keep me up to date on your your. I'll be thinking of you because the last time I went there, I was with you. So I will be thinking. That's right. Can can I say where you're going? Yeah, I went to Las Vegas. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. So we went to Vegas together for your friend's wedding. I was your date and it was a ton of fun. And we did we did a lot of the typical Vegas stuff. We did the strip. We got to see the the mountain explode. We got to see the 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 fountain thing. I can't remember the names the of Bellagio any of this shit now. The Bellagio fountain and we did the uh the Venetian gondola. The gondola. Right? That was so much fun. That was awesome. I just wanted to go swimming though. I know, right? All I wanted to do was go swimming. Yeah, so I, I'm excited. It should be a good trip. Yeah, I'll send you lots of snaps. Awesome. What are you thankful for? Um, This is going to be a weird one, but I'm really thankful for the sweet old ladies in my gym locker room. Yeah. They are always so nice and so complimentary. So, like, I, I usually go to the gym, you know, in the middle of the day for my lunch break. So 
when I leave, like I'm getting back into my work clothes. I'm not like in my sweats anymore. And the women are like, that dress is so lovely. Or, oh, you look so cute. And there was, there was this one lady the other day where I'm like, are you trying to set me up with your son? Because she's like, you're so pretty. Are you married? Do you have kids? And she's like bragging about her son. She's like, I have two sons. One of them works here. And he's like, this is what he does. Right. And, you know, he's a very good boy. And he calls me every day. <laughs> All this, it was it was the cutest fucking thing. I mean, she's like, so you're not married? I'm like, nope, I'm not married. And she's like, you're so pretty. I'm like, Aww. I'm like, show me a picture of your son and let's just like move this along. No, I'm kidding. Right. Like, I'm going to say no, but you can still show me a picture. I mean, log it away in the old noggin there for later. For later. (laughs) Emily will be making a face. Sweet old lady son and the Balban she are about to uh, (laughs) double trouble. There you go. (laughs) No, it was, I don't know. It's just, they're, they're always so nice and sweet and they always like put a smile on my face and. It's like, like, I don't, I don't have any of my grandparents left anymore. And to be quite frank, I don't think I am my, either of my grandmothers would have been like the ones to be like, you're so pretty. <laughs> like, uh, Jean probably would have been like, you're acting like a real bitch right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, like it is, it is nice. Cause like, you know, those old lady are being like super genuine, like, yeah, because they just are because yeah, like just like little kids, old people just tell it like it is. Because they don't give a shit anymore. Exactly. They're like, I'm too old to lie. I don't care. Yeah. And it, yeah, no, they're, they're just, they're so sweet. And I feel bad because I'll have my earbuds in and sometimes they can't see them. So I'll see like a woman is talking to me and I have to like take out my earbud. And it's like, and they carve the body up into five. I'm so sorry. What was that? Oh, thank you. Yeah. I got the dress secondhand. It has pockets. <laughs> I love that's like the thing like and then back to like four days later they finally found the feet I'm sorry what was that oh my gosh you're so nice (laughs) oh you're pretty you're pretty it's like it's kind of like the bar bathroom yeah you know it's just that that loving like everyone in there is just like really feeling the love and the positivity and we're all like no you're beautiful right bar room bathroom best friends are like fantastic they burn so brightly yeah like and you probably never see them again most of the time for you wouldn't be able to pick them out of a lineup but they burn so brightly for that short period of time yeah it's just this beautiful magical moment I was I was talking with someone the other day and I'm like what I want to do for a job is get paid to be the bitch in a bar bathroom and just convince all these women that their boyfriends aren't good enough for them right (laughs) Just sit on a stool and like be that woman for everyone. Here, let me see the last text he sent you. He's fucking trash. Dump him. He's a lemon, okay? He's a fucking lemon. (laughs) If that bitch gives you moisturizer, do Do not not take it. it. Do not put it on. Put it on his face. (laughs) Do not apply directly to the forehead. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About Herstory. 
Like us on Facebook at Whining About Herstory, Instagram at WAH Pad. Our Twitter is whiningabouthistory.com, where you can find a link to all of our social media as well as um, a link to all of our sweet ass merch. We might have to get some deer feet merch up there. I don't know what I will. I'm going to have to think about Always on that. check the feet. Always, there we go. Always check the feet with some little hooves. I have a thing for feet, and it's just hooves. <laughs> it's just deer hooves. That's I'm going to figure it out. I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to workshop my foot fetish. We'll, we'll um, workshop it together. We'll go back and forth. Yeah, um, alliteration. Let's let's get this. Right. It also has a link to our buy me a coffee, which is actually buy me a wine for as little as five dollars. You can buy us a bottle of wine and we'll match it to your name or buy whatever you tell us to buy. Otherwise, we also have a Patreon where you can donate for as little as one dollar a month to get some extra content and get some fun things sent to you in the mail. You can hear awesome. Kelly's cursory happenings for this month, which is all about femme serial killers. And their psychology. Because I'm a nerd. Just when you thought you could trust women. Am I right? Am I right? I never thought. Am I right? I don't believe it. I don't trust anyone. I mean, I'm an equal opportunity not trusting people. Exactly. Gender doesn't matter. I'm an anti-truster. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another super spooky episode of Whiny About Herstory. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. Have a spooky empowered day. Bye. Bye.